You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, gosh, we're just getting going, glory to glory. We're going to talk about going glory to glory. There's, that's the place we're living in right now is glory to glory. And I want to talk a little bit about where we've been, and I'm going to talk a little bit about where we're going. So, um, <sighs> such good stuff, such good stuff. You know, we started in 2019, I mean, who knows? <laughs> If I get something wrong, just yell out, and I'll fix it as we go, right? Uh, we started in 2012, and of course, we started in our house, and the Lord called us to go out. Some of this you've heard, because we've talked about it over the last few months. But when we started to look for a place to, to meet, uh, Pastor Clay Rollins, out of the Kingdom Life, contacted us and said, we have space. Why don't you come use our church? You can use it at no charge. You just come, let us provide space for you. And of course, we, we, we wanted to bless them. We paid rent to him. But he shared, he said, as long as you want to be here, our house is your house. And we had great favor with him. Uh, just a, just really blessing us and pouring into us. And they had everything we didn't have. They had chairs. They had sound equipment. They had, they actually had a place where we could meet. And he was like, here's the key. You do whatever God's called you to do. And, and we'll work around you. And we're like, you're going to work around us? And he's like, yeah, we want to host you. We want to bless you. So that's really how we started, by someone in the kingdom inviting us in to grow, to develop, and to nurture what God had planted in us. So that's really how we started. And then after a year, we needed our own space. And uh, we'll show the pictures during lunch. We have a bunch of pictures up. And we found this space. And our whole church came because we believe in the scripture out of Acts 15 that says when it's right by the Spirit and it's right by us, then we go forward. And we came in. We prayed over it. We felt it was right. Uh, we met with the landlord and worked out a deal with him. And we were able to, uh, we actually had to gut this place and, and rebuild it. We were able to do it. We paid cash for it uh, out of the generosity of all of our gathering family, as well as some other people that wanted to sow into our ministry. So we paid cash for the demolition, to uh, the re demolition, yes, and getting it restarted. And I think we did it in 30 days, right? Yep. And we had a blessing by the city of Tarpon. Um, they just blessed us and said, looks great. No problem at all. But what's interesting, and this is the favor of the Lord that is on us as a family is our landlord has not increased our rent in eight years. He just smiles, whatever we need, he takes care of. And he, he's just, he just continues to bless us. So, um, I mean, that's a big deal for someone not to increase your rent because we know that that is not their normal business practice. So, so we have been blessed by that. So, but about three or four years ago, we started going through a major transition 
And we didn't even know that we were transitioning until we started transitioning. You know how God does that to you? He starts taking you on this journey. And we have people here that have been with us since the beginning, maybe about a dozen. But uh, as, a, as a body, we are called to raise people up and send them out. So we, we do have a, a transition of people. But we started going through this major transition. And God began to talk to us about being an apostolic center. And honestly, we didn't really know what that was at all. Thank you, Chuck Pierce and Duck Sheets, who, who trained us, taught us, and brought us up in it. But we've, we had always been apostolic, and we always had been kingdom-minded, but God wanted us to shift how we structured things, how we developed things. And the shift wasn't necessarily in an organizational thought process. It was in a, I don't even know what the right word is, kind of a transparency process with the Lord. And part of it was, is our worship has always been going after God. Whatever God wants, that's what we want. And when we worship, we just press into whatever he has. When we come together, we, we just go after whatever he has. But what we saw was, like I said, there was just a, a, a complete delineation from where we were to where God was taking us. And part of it is for us to learn as a family how to move when God moves. You know, we all come, we're all ready to greet, we're ready to preach, we're ready to worship, we're ready to give a word, whatever it is. We're all prepped, we've all planned, we've all come in, ready to step in. But in all that preparation, it gives us more freedom in moving with God. And this move into an apostolic center has really moved us into a greater freedom of moving with God. It's just been a greater freedom. We've moved into this place where, um, you know, it's funny. I can see it in my head, but sometimes bringing words to what God has shown you. But it's almost this, this uh, covering of God that allows us not to worry about structure, but to worry about, or not worry, but to focus on kingdom movement. So we're not, we are structured, we are organized, we are, you know, uh, we pay our bills, you know, we do that. We do what we're supposed to do in, in, in the world, but we operate in the kingdom. And that was probably one of the greatest shifts that happened to us is we learned to be more fluid in what God wanted us to do for our region, for our state, for our country, for the world. We became more focused on external versus internal. And I think that was probably the biggest shift that came to us. Um, and one of the things I said earlier uh, when we had our covenant people up here is you're here because you're assigned here, because God has given you your hall pass and he sent you to the principal's office. This, this is your place. You know, this, this is where God has you. But we can't go where God has us without you fulfilling your assignment. 
And we understand that this place is a training house. It's an equipping house. It is a practice house. It's where we come and we just try stuff out and we see what God's going to do because it prepares us for the place that he's put us out there. He's put us in the workplace. He's put us with our families. Every time we sing that blessed song, it just undoes me because we know that what we're doing here is for the generation and the generation and the generation and the generation to come. I was even thinking about when I gave that testimony about us paying our house off, you know, let us be the floor to the house paying off that God has for you. Let us all operate out of the anointing. I mean, even Heather Sharon about all of a sudden their bills are going down. We're agreeing their, in, their income is increasing. That's part of what the family is, is to be a giant bowl of the Holy Spirit that floods and flows together with each other. So where your breakthrough is, that is my breakthrough. And where your breakthrough is, that is my breakthrough. And it becomes like a TNT, like a dynamite pack for all of us. Because as we take my C4 and my breakthrough and your C4 and your breakthrough and your C4, it creates a greater explosion that we all live out of. As one breaks through, we all go through with them, right? And that is the biggest shift is this dynamic understanding that Sunday morning is where we come as a family. We hang out, we pray, we worship, we give testimonies, we fall on the floor. We do whatever God wants us to do. We do Zoom baptisms in Austria. You know, we, um, we are not afraid to take a risk online. <laughs> we, just, we just know what God has for us is much bigger than this finite thought process that, keep, that holds our, in our mind. Because his breakthrough is spirit breakthrough for us. And we testify to his goodness. And that's what we've always done. We've always done testimonies. We've always done um, declarations. And we've always sown generously into what the kingdom expansion has for us. That we can pour into our region. That we can pour into the Shepherd Center, into India, into Nicaragua, into all the places, into our own family. So we've experienced some amazing things with God. And I want to talk about a couple things I'm going to highlight. And then I want to, uh, we're going to start in Luke 1. So y'all can go ahead and turn there. I get rid of this mint. I can't talk and eat a mint at the same time. There's some, yeah. So we have kind of six areas of equipping that we do as the gathering. And then next week, we're going to launch two other things that, uh, is going to, that will be a lot of fun. But our Sunday morning you know, where we all get together and we all just have fun together. Uh, the outpouring of God. And we, I want you to understand that the outpouring of God went from healing rooms where we met every month. We set up this elaborate thing. You'll see pictures of it in the, and, and people would come in from all over to be healed. And God told us, he said, that is too easy. It's time to broaden your capacity. And that's when we started the experiment, uh, the uh, revival experiment, which has turned into the outpouring of God. But that third Friday that we meet is a night where we can all 
watch the manifestation of God fall and learn how to move and operate it in his manifested glory in that season, in that night. And it's such an important time for us because we've got to learn how to move in this ebb and flow with God so that when we're in our other places of influence, when we're taking our territory, there is such a oneness with God that we don't have to stop and say, Oh God, what do you want me to say? It is, it will be such a natural flow of the river of the Holy Spirit coming out of us that we will just know. And I was telling Karen the other day, I said, it is so strange what God has been teaching me because I'll be doing something and he'll say, you need to text them now. Or you need to make that phone call right now. Or you need to do this or whatever it is. And it's in the mundane, the minute, the, the things that you think, why does he even care? But it's like, uh, you said, I don't know your name, Gloria. What's your name? Annette. It's like Annette said, it's, it's in the timing of God. And if we can get plugged in to that timing, then whatever we do will be a perfect connection of God's timing with whatever we're putting our hand to. And, and that's part of this, this as a family, that's what we're learning how to do. And we're learning in a safe place. So when we go to the unsafe places, we've got a little practice underneath our belt. We've got a little practice underneath our belt. The other thing is our Thursday night, you know, equipping. It will start back this Thursday night. And everything we do on Thursday night is initiated by the Holy Spirit. He t tells us what he wants to teach on. He tells us when he wants to start. So it's not like Thursday nights is every six weeks we're going to have a subject. And then we're going to take a break. And then we're going to take every six weeks. We have tried that. And it did not work. Because it was the timing of our minds, not the timing of the spirit. And we found that if we will lean in and let him set the time, whether we have a week's notice or a month's notice, it's much more fruitful in what it produces. Um, then the other two things are three things. Daughters of Destiny, which uh, Deborah and Kevin started probably four years ago, five years ago. A little over four years ago, and it is that once a month where the daughters get together in their destiny, apparently. But I've been to it a couple of times, and it is amazing because God is equipping. He is speaking in. He is healing. And they're eating, of course. <laughs> Can we not do anything without eating? We've got the cave, the men on uh, once a month on Saturdays. We've got the women's group. And then we've got our MII school, which is a two-year school. And that was one of the first things we started because I felt like we needed the spirit and the word. And MII takes us through the process of the spirit and the word. So that's kind of what we've had, where we are, what we're doing. We're going to add two more things. Like I said, we'll announce it next week uh, because we feel like, coming year is going to be the foundational building of fellowship 
of really having some all together, some time together. But um, like I said, everything we do is spirit initiated. We have our board meetings. We, we just pray into it. We hear what you guys are saying. And when it's right by the spirit and it's right by the us, then we move. Until then, we just don't do anything. And it's not like we don't want to do something. It's just that we know we can't move until the Holy Spirit says go, because if we move before him, then we'll be in the position we're not supposed to be in. And we've got to stay tight to the spirit. So that's kind of where we've been. You know, we've had healing rooms. We've had a lot of things. I will tell you something funny. I didn't have Noah put this up. But when we had our fifth year anniversary, we were just praying and just declaring the fire falling and all this kind of stuff. And we had our lunch and all this. Well, the building caught on fire. Seriously. Seriously. Kevin came in. He says, you know, the building's on fire. And we're like, we're cleaning up back here. And we're like, oh. so they called the fire department and all that. But you know what was so funny? is the fire department could not find the source of the fire. They said it must have been spontaneous combustion. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit caught our building on fire. But there was some fire falling, that's for sure. I know that's kind of a funny thing. So we're going to, we're going to go into Luke 1. I want to talk about that for a few minutes, and then we're going to eat lunch. Um, but... This is our ninth year. We're moving into our ninth year. In, uh, uh, in Hebrew, you know, we understand that numbers are very important to God. I had somebody tell me one time, you need to quit talking about numbers because that's more occulty. And I said, well, you know, God actually named a whole book of the Bible numbers. So it's, we got to understand Numbers are important, and numbers in, the, in Scripture mean something. Every number has a meaning. So it's important for us to understand. The number nine, it means a lot of different things. I'll read some of it. It's, um, it signifies finality, judgment, harvest, fruitfulness. But the, the word that God has given me is it also, is, it looks like a womb, W-O-M-B, just in case you can't understand my Southern. And uh, nine reveals what has been concealed inside. It is fruitfulness, multiplication, and a building of the house. It also is connected with truth. And that is where we're moving into. We're moving into what has been concealed, what has been hidden is being revealed, both good and bad, both revelation, both what we're supposed to pray against because we understand that evil is also being revealed so that we can take authority over what's being revealed and have victory over it because that's who we are. We are authority people that have the power to take down every principality that has set itself, name, that set itself up against the name of Jesus. And we do that how? By the move of the Spirit, by the indication of the Spirit. You know, our 6.30 a.m. prayer calls are breaking open the strongholds tearing down everything that has set itself up against the name of God. And it, those prayer calls are led by a bunch of different people. 
And uh, the, we have someone from the UK that is on it every morning. We have someone from Austria. We have people from different states that are on it because they believe in the power of intercession, of declaration, of God's revelation to show us what's on his heart for that morning that needs to be interceded for, that needs to be healed, that needs to be broken down, whatever it is. Uh, it's just such a powerful move. If you haven't ever been on one, even though you can't met, even if you can't commit to it on a regular basis, jumping on to one of those 630 calls, you would be surprised at the prayers that are made and the manifest manifestations we see out of those prayers in levels of immediacy. So um, that's, that's amazing. But uh, God has been talking to me about this season of birthing. We are in a season of birthing. We are birthing things that we have no idea in the spirit. We're birthing them forth into the natural. Amen. So let's just go. We're going to go over to Luke and we're going to start in verse 5. One five. And as you think about this, just think about last week we talked about can you prosper in a time of oppression? Can you live your destiny in the midst of the impossible? And the answer to those were yes. You can go back and listen to the message last week. But God wants us to know that we're in a season that in the midst of what we're doing in the natural, in the mundane, in the minute, there is miraculous being laid on top of it so we can birth what needs to be birthed for his kingdom. For this season, whether it's for our family, for our region, it doesn't make any difference. God is birthing it through us. And God needs all of us to birth our portion in order for it to paint the big picture. Because all of us don't carry the same thing. But we all carry an anointing of the kingdom to move it forward, right? Okay. Uh, verse 5. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, um, a certain prince, I almost called him prince, priest named Zacharias. Of the division of Abijah, his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So here is an impossible situation that can only have a breakthrough with the supernatural touch of God. Only. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, so Zacharias is doing what he does as his calling. He is serving he isn't doing anything out of his realm. We go to work every day. We take care of our kids every day. We, we do what we do. And God shows up with his supernatural, miraculous deposit 
in order for us to be prepared to birth what he has for us. Even though Zacharias and Elizabeth were barren, even though those days were past, even though it says later on that Gabriel shows up and says, we're answering a prayer that you've been praying. And I remember hearing, I think it was uh, Brian Simmons saying that when he did the research on that, it actually um, meant that we're, I am answering a prayer that you no longer pray. And, and, and we have, we, there are prayers that we no longer pray because we feel like that season has gone past and God does not forget what he has promised us and the, and the list that we've put before him. And then suddenly there is the interjection of the supernatural, the, the impossible has been broken down and the possibility of what he has promised has come to life. And we are able to bring birth to what is going to cause the next generation to be able to go further than we've ever gone. We feel like our, our lives are so insignificant and minute and without purpose. But that is the furthest from the truth. God did not make anyone insignificant. He did not make anyone without purpose. He did not make anyone without a mark that they are going to live on this earth for the kingdom movement of the generations to come. That's what he does. So the next time the enemy's chant begins to say, you don't mean anything. What you're doing doesn't carry any purpose. You tell that voice that it needs to fall dead to the ground because God is resurrecting the promise and the purposes through the supernatural manifestation that he has for you. And every one of us carry it. Every one of us carry it. And if we look back on all the things that didn't work, then we program ourselves for disappointment, discouragement, and despondency. But if we go back and remember all that God has done, even the building catching on fire can be in highlight, right? We have to remember that life is not perfect and seamless without struggle, even without heartbreak. But God is perfect. And his plan for us is perfect. And he will get us to where he needs us to go. Even with Zacharias. You know, Zacharias encounters Gabriel. And um, verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you shall call him John. Now, do you think his eyes might have rolled a little bit on that one? Maybe not where Gabriel could see it, but maybe even in the back of his head. Because sometimes we see the impossible as impossible, even when God speaks the possibility into us. We're, we're looking at God going, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen what I've been through? Have you seen my bank account? Have you seen? He's like, what? I see everything. 
but it is a wrestle with our flesh, our mind, and our emotions. But God is speaking into our spirit that will resurrect and overtake the emotional stress, the the mental gymnastics that is keeping us from stepping into the miracle of possibility that he has for us. Each one of us can stand up right now. I heard testimonies out my ears today. I see them on the wall. Most of you I know pretty, pretty well. Each one of you can stand up and say, here was my impossibility. And God broke through. And my possible is here. When I listen to Chuck do the gathering covenant thing, you hear his voice tremble. And you see he gets silent for a minute. And you know why? Because his heart is to build a family. That's who he is. That is his anointing. He, yes, he's got a financial anointing. He's got this and this. But inside of him, what makes him be filled with joy is to see a family, a family come together. So God is here to remind us that he is faithful. He is faithful. Verse 13, it says, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now know that each one of us as believers, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and this is where we are right now. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's where we are right now. There's a turning of the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. There is a turning inside where people are looking for those spiritual mothers and fathers. People are looking for those spiritual children to raise up. There is, I know that it looks like total chaos and division in the world. But what it is, it's a people crying out for family. It's a people crying out for a mom and a dad, a brother and a sister, for a family. That's what's happening right now. When we're talking about the reformation that's happening right now, and we're talking about a billion sold harvest, it's because people are hungry for the reality of a savior, the true heart of a father, and a family that they can live with. Regardless of our little idiosyncrasies. And we all have them. We all have them. Come on. Like I said, I know you all pretty well. <laughs> We're not going to drag them out. But, you know, think about it. We all have our things that God is working on. We all have our joys. We have our disappointments. We all have those things that we're, we're fighting together to get breakthrough for one another. We all have them. But that's what a family is, is where we don't go weary of being together. We don't grow weary of fighting for our neighbor or, or the one around us. I had two dreams last night and I woke up and I was like, I don't know what that was, Lord. I would have liked a good night's sleep and wake up refreshed. Well, I started waking up at three o'clock this morning. I'm like, okay, Lord. But I said, I'm not getting up. Not at three o'clock in the morning. So I, so I went back to sleep and I had two dreams. But both of them 
were really an indication of what is happening. One of them was about a bunch of swimmers. And they were uh, professional swimmers, you know, like they were in the ocean. I don't know what they were doing, but they swam. And there was like the head coach guy. And I am talking to him. And the whole time he has his eye on who's in the ocean. And there's all these people. And it's not even close where I could, you know, where you could say, oh, there's John. This is you. But he turns around and he runs because he sees one starting to drown. One starting to drown. And he races out and he grabs that one. And that's where we are. We are called to keep our eye just peeled on the group that, that God has given us, that, that tribe that God has given us, whether it's our family, whether it's our neighborhood, whether no matter our workplace, where, whatever it is, we're called to keep that one eye out. So when we see them start to drown, We've got our hand able to pull them out of that drowning place. Uh, the other dream was about, um, you know, we live in downtown St. Pete. So our cars are in the back in the alley. You know, it's an alley. And I was pulling out of my car. And uh, actually, I was driving a big white pickup truck like Sandy's. Uh, I was pulling out of my car. And there's five women fighting. And um, so what I do, I decide to jump out of my car. In my dream, remember it's in my dream, but I jump out of the car and I go back and, and they begin to disperse because they see me coming and I am talking to them about who Jesus is. And only one or two of them had a vague, even understanding of, yeah, maybe I heard his name, but I don't really, they didn't know who he was. God is sending us into a group of people that don't even know the name of Jesus. He's sending us in there. So, and then one of them was demonically possessed. So I'm telling them about Jesus. And then I have this one lash their tongue out. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, in the name of Jesus. And they lash out. And I'm like, get that tongue back in there. But, you know, it is, I just felt like the dreams were about, we're, we're reaching out and we're grabbing the ones that are drowning. We're, we're reaching out and we're sharing the name of Jesus like Emily was talking about. And we'll take care of the demonic that manifests in the middle of it because we have every power and authority to do that. We do not have to worry about the enemy rising up because the power in us supersedes anything he can do to us, right? Now, what this has to do with Zacharias, I don't know. But, but really, I feel like that's the season we're in. It's the time to turn. God is turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. There is a, there is a world out there starving for family, starving for family. So I'm going to uh, wrap up. I want to add a couple quick things to these because I think our lunch is here, right? Oh, yes. But there's, there's three things I want us to know about this. First of all, God is going to meet you in your ordinary day. If we go back and we look at Elizabeth and Zechariah, if we look at Abraham and Sarah, we, we read last week uh, Manoah and his wife with the birth of Samson. Um, we've got Hannah. You know, God is going to meet us in our ordinary. And he's going to show up with his miraculous. And it will initiate a conception and a birth in the spiritual realm that will be manifested in reality. There's nothing impossible with him. 
what God is birthing now is not only for you, not only for your community, not only for your sphere of influence, but it's for the generations to come. So everything we do, do is seeding the generations to come. We're preparing the way in the spiritual and in the natural for who God is raising up. For those who are young, for those who have not been born, for our children and our grandchildren and our grandchildren's children. That's what we're seeding into right now. And the supernatural birthing is going to bring a manifestation of signs and wonders like we have not seen before. Exodus 34.10, Jesus, uh, God tells Moses that if you will follow me, you will come into this uh, oneness with me. I will do the marvels that you have never seen before. We're going to show the world the marvels, the signs, the wonders, the manifestation of God that they've ever seen. But one of those miracles is going to be the miracle of family. Amen. Yes, there are healing. There's, you know, glitter that falls. There's prophetic words that come. But one of the miracles we're going to show them is what God's family really looks like. What we look like in all of our differences, in all of our similarities, under the unity of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. That's what we're going to show the world. That's what we're seeding into. So I, I want to end with this one scripture, because I told you we're going to talk about glory to glory, but um, I want to end with this one scripture, and it's out of 2 Corinthians 3.18. Because we no longer are veiled people. We can all draw close to him with veil removed from our faces. Oh, I'll read this version. But we all with unfelt faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So we, we carry the glory of the Lord. Just like when you go read in, Moses, in Exodus 34. That Moses was so seeped in the presence of God that he glowed. We are so seeped in the presence of God that we are like day glow sticks. We just glow all the time. Will you go back one? Second Corinthians 3.18. I've got a different version on mine. I was going to read that one. And are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord, we live from glory to glory. We live out of the presence of the glory of the Lord in the freedom of the spirit, in the power of the blood of Jesus, the resurrected power of our living God to transform the world to his image. As we are transformed, it will be transformed. Because we will be the uh, gate crashers for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you guys will stand, we're just going to pray real quick. And I'll bless dinner. And then Chuck will tell you what to do because he's in charge. Okay, Father, I thank you that you are bringing breakthrough for each one of us. And we live in the momentum 
of your spirit guiding us through these crashing down of every obstacle that's been put up against us and bringing breakthrough for ourselves and for one another. But Lord, more than anything, we're just declaring family. We're declaring family in our region. We're declaring family in our, our uh, state, in our nation, around the world. We're declaring that our family will all know you. We're declaring that we will be a generation that will have such a significant impact on the generations to come because our seed that we're planting out of our purpose will, will uh, fuel the seeds that you have for them. So, Lord, we're agreeing with your word that, that as we go, the impossible will be made possible, that the supernatural encounter will open up the breakthrough to birth this season that you're bringing us into. Lord, that there is more than enough for all of us To bring forth our calling, our anointing, and to transform the world. So, God, we just thank you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we live in the freedom of you. And that freedom buys us everything we need to accomplish the anointing you've put on us, Lord. And we just thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.